everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Scratch Cinema Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Quinnell. She thinks short men be like, I'm not short, I'm 5'9". Welcome, Quinnell. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. I really did. And they absolutely do. And this was inspired by a conversation I was having with my friend, who is 5'9". <laughs> and consistently it's just like people and i'm short i'm a short person for those of you listening who don't know that i'm short i'm five foot one so there's no insult to be had about being short but it's wild to me that people get so defensive about being short they're insecure about it they can't help it the guy and people are gonna be like oh i'm average height and i can just i can just hear it now you're short your friends know you're short i know you're short it's okay how tall are you quinnell five foot one okay i'm tiny i'm made of small and if I can look up and be like, you're taller than me, and to me, you are tall, but I know that to the world, you are short, it's okay. Just relax. <laughs> just just relax. We are also joined today by musician Alex Hockley. Welcome, Alex. Yo, what's up? Uh, go by Alex B. Dead. I just realized they can't see me. Um, That's okay. We... we We've done this for a while, and we still slip up now and again. Where Where are you joining us from today, Alex? Um, all the way from England. England. Uh, yeah, from England. I'm a I'm a recording artist from London. Um, yeah, and I make I produce and I rap, and my music is on Spotify and Instagram, and you can find me, Alex B Dud on everything. Yeah, and you're the second person we've had join us from from England. We had had director Rob Savage join us not too long ago. Um, Yeah, you all are doing much better than we are over there, even though we all had our movie theaters closed down recently, which was a little Mm. bit of a bummer. I did go to the... I went to the cinema. um, How was it? The other day. Yeah, okay, so I went to see Tenet because I was... I just really want to see it. I don't know. And the cinema Uh-oh. had just opened. I know I'm looking like a bad guy. Listen, the cinema had just opened. It was the first day of it reopening. I went at 11 o'clock at night, right? Oh, with, okay. With a mask and things, you know? And there were two other people in the cinema. That's good. Um, that's that's so, probably the safest you could get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an enjoyable experience. It was nice. For those that aren't looking, Quinnell is making quite a quite an expression right now, though. <laughs> Which I'm sure they can all they they all already know because for weeks I've been dragging the movie theaters for even being open. It's been nothing but judgment for me, and I'm going to remain consistent. Why have you done this? Why did you go? Though I'm happy it was just like you and two other people being spread out in the theater, but it could have been so much worse. I I I was I was doing my best by going late at night. You know, it was late at night on a on a weekday, and I was like, "This is okay. This I feel okay about this." And it was All okay. Right. Yeah, so well, I'm happy to say you're safe <laughs> and that you didn't get sick, and hopefully you didn't get anybody mm. else sick. And by by the way, I am having a weekly coronavirus test. Um, oh wow! Unrelated to that. I mean, through for the that... the government statistics office sent a letter, and they were like, "Do you want to get paid to do this every week?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." Wow, there's so much better things out there than how things are in the states right now. That's a, yeah. that's wild. Our government yeah, is an international weird. circus. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are you yeah, guys? Right. Is it the same for both of you? Because I know you're in separate places. Or um, 
Well, my state's more open, but still, I think most things are open now in what, the Tacoma, Seattle area too, right, Chase? Yeah, there were some relaxing of restrictions this week, including movie theaters, but they're doing it in a phase system. And if you don't get to a certain phase, you don't even get to try. But some places in Seattle can open. It's just a question of will they? Because, and I, I'd read this in The Guardian this week, it said that Tenant was hailed as being the savior for movie theaters, but it may be what kills them because no one came out to see it. And it was so much money to put out there and get everything going and have new precautions, new training, and it just didn't even come close. And that's why this week we saw Dune get pushed back and like every other major release is probably going to get pushed back. Nothing is certain. I'm glad you got to go though and see Tenet. Did you enjoy it? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, okay, that's weird. Cuz my I on a on one level, yeah, I really did enjoy it, right? Because um it was it's mixed. It's mixed cuz on one level like there's definitely the spectacle of it like is amazing. It looks great and like I imagine if you downloaded the film and reversed it it would be pretty cool to watch that way as well so i probably am gonna do that at some point but you know that it looks great but then but then the other side is that the logic never really came through for me and like i guess i'll I'll, i'll watch it again but i'm not really sure if it made sense and like interstellar didn't really make sense at the end either so i guess he just has a thing whatever the thing that I had heard about Tenant was that people were asking a lot of questions of what was happening, but yeah. not why things were happening. They weren't connecting with the emotional journey. They just were trying to put all the pieces together, mm. which is a- unfortunate because like his previous movies, you kind of take away this deeper theme. In this, they were just like, what the hell happened? How did this end up there? What happened? Yeah, here, it's it's purely confusing. I did like the, I like the kind of story arc. I don't, you guys seen it? Can I spoil stuff? Like... You can always uh, spoil stuff. You can stuff. a little bit. You know, I we just have different rules about this. I don't feel like there's a point to talking about movies if I can't talk about two-thirds of the movie, which is where all the spoilers happen. So Alright, well this is this is this is like a grade A, like ten out of ten spoiler. Um the main man, uh Denzel Curry. No, not Denzel Denzel Washington. It's his son, right? So I only found out recently because, I don't know. I was getting vibes. He he has the exact same vibe. It's insane. I don't know if he's just getting typecast or <laughs> No, I think he but... really went out of his way, as a lot of famous people's kids do, to like not become famous because his dad was famous. But It's crazy. Um, but yeah, he... He his he finds out at the end of the movie that he was the guy who like started his own journey, right? And so he's been working for himself. And the way that works out and, and you know, his reaction to it, I really like that. But it just there's just, there's just like technical things really. Like I can understand you can see it on a level where it's it's okay actually, but Is Tenet a time travel film? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's I, not. It's 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 a time travel, but it's like scientifically accurate time travel. Yeah, yeah, so. it's time. Yeah, for sure. No, I I understand. It's you know a closed loop, uh, a closed causal mm-hmm. loop. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> is it like I don't know? That's why I have to rewatch it because I'm not sure <laughs> that it is. Um, yeah. Well, I haven't gone to the theater as you can imagine. So. 
Yeah. I do have the question I wanted to ask as someone that was in the theater. There had been conversations that sometimes yes. the sound mixing was terrible <laughs> and that yeah. you couldn't hear dialogue, dialogue yeah. that was often crucial to piecing together how things were progressing. Did you experience that? 100%. Like, I, bro, I knew that was what you were going to say because I got out of the cinema and I Googled, like, why did tenants sound like that? I auto-filled and I'm going on the forums and stuff. And I was like, why is the, uh, what's up with the mixing? Like, I couldn't hear shit. Yeah, like, and especially dialogue. Um, apparently, right, uh, Christopher Nolan just has, uh, I don't know if he's that much of an auteur that he needs to be in the mixing booth as well. And, like, he will just decide to mix things like that for the emotional impact or whatever. I don't know. But especially in this film, like, to to, like, drown out something that's like you're researching for clues and it's like drowned out and it's so frustrating it's just annoying at this point um, which he's always he does kind of in, done yeah yeah he does it in Instella and that's like cool like because it is very epic you're seeing some crazy shit like yeah and the music did, building did and Zimmer, building yeah did Hans Zimmer do that one yes he did do that and I think he did Dunkirk as well which is where it was like the ticking mm. sound and like slowly mm. building but if it like is important for you to piece together the time travel elements and that's kind of the fun of it maybe not tone it back but sort of balance it a little bit better mm -hmm. yeah exactly um there is one scene as well where like kind of the main character or someone asks the main character a question about how is this all working and he, he almost like it, it's as if he turns to the camera and he's like trying to think about it like and that that's like yeah. a little bit frustrating that really felt tongue-in-cheek like Oh, okay, then. I'm like, not supposed to think about film. it? Yeah, yeah two-thirds into the film, don't think, what, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you got to go see it and enjoy it. Um, mm. I don't know whether theaters will, will ever come back, uh, but... Drive-ins are cool, though. Drive-ins are cool, I've enjoyed drive-ins. Drive and everyone awesome. drives They're in so America. Fun. Yeah. So, you, at least compared to the UK, so... Have you been to anything at a drive-in recently? I don't have a car. Oh, okay. Um, kind of need one of those to drive to a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder if they let you, yeah. like, camp out in a parking spot. I've never really thought about that. I could that. do, like, the invisible car bit and just, like... Yeah, but I mean, like, swap. would they let you just, like, bring a blanket and just, like, picnic in the drive-in? See, I don't see... I don't see the issue with that. Yeah, I don't see why on, not. On a technical level, so... I mean... I, I honestly... I think there's a lot of like out of the box solutions that people are not considering at this mm -hmm. point, Absolutely. where things could work, but they're, yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you could go with your friends in their car and then just set up a situation in a parking spot. I mean, because I was gonna say, some places need a car because they play it through the radio, uh, yeah, and right. then you'd be you'd be in trouble that's there. Oh, you that's could just bring sick. a radio. That's pretty you're right. Have you guys... Manel, have you seen anything at a drive-in? Yeah, I mean, but it's all been cheesy stuff, and I think I saw I saw Knives Out for the third time at the drive-in. Um, I saw some cute little, remember we talked about it, a little cute kindergarten cop-style movie with that... With Dave Bautista. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they had the little, little mixed girl, and it was real cute. I really enjoyed that for them. <laughs> was that called My Spy, yes, or what I was it called? Yes, I think that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah, that one. It's really, really adorable. Um, 
It was a fun for the whole family. That sounds wholesome. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was just like a very. I love films that kind of have this vibe about them that that is from a different era because I feel like we have better film quality like visually and I really like just sort of recapturing that nostalgia but in you know with better directing and better quality and I just really enjoyed that and it was just just adorable a nice little stepdad daughter film <laughs> hmm. speaking of uh, family films do you want to introduce your pick of the week Quinnell <laughs> Oh yikes! Um, that is one way to do to to say it. Um, you know what? Roll the music now. It's time to get a clue and take your cue from Q's Cues. Okay, my pick of the week was a film called Bulbul. It is an Indian horror movie, and spoiler alert: it's not that scary. <laughs> no, I didn't. It wasn't at all. No. It really wasn't. Um, so you can talk about the film's merits first. Um, mm. I, I like the color design. Absolutely. The color design. Oh, really? I really liked the use of shadows and the, the directing. It was it was very, very Hitchcock. And I really liked that about it. But it wasn't mm. scary. The question is, do you think it was trying to be and failed? Or do you think it had other aspirations? No, I think it tried. I there were more, I, I, I don't think it was I didn't think it was trying to because there wasn't a single jump scare, um, and if it was trying to be scary, I, I'd expect a couple. Well, there. Do you think jump scares are required for a horror movie? No, and like I don't like jump scares, but it's so like cliche. I don't know. Like if I was gonna make a horror film, I would put a jump scare in there because it's like guarantees hundred percent scary. Like you're gonna jump. Well, I think there are some moments that I felt I understood that I was supposed to be scared. Uh, like there's mm. a moment where the shadow sort of moves through the the estate that they're in and you sort of see that it sort of cuts to black and there's the sort of violent music, but it just doesn't, it doesn't click the right way. I think the scariest part is probably that eerie moment where, um, I don't even know if he's our protagonist. It's like we have two protagonists where our male protagonist is like sleeping and she sort of like lowers herself over him. That's probably the scariest part of the entire yeah. thing. Yeah, there was tension for sure. Yeah. Um, Frankly, most yeah, of it's yeah. sexual. <laughs> yeah, that's the Netflix influence. <laughs> the whole time I was thinking of this movie called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I don't know if you've seen that, but I had been thinking of that a lot. A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night was an Iranian vampire film, and it's really good, and I think it's a little more scary and has some more effective use of, like, tension than this, but it's sort of that there's this mysterious figure that's kind of always in the background, but there's this family drama at the core of it. Mm. Uh, that, that's a really good there one. Was, I didn't. I was less won over by this. Go ahead. Um... So I was gonna say it could be more scary if it was more mysterious or whatever. Um, but I I watched this with my housemate, right, who is Indian. Um, and apparently the the twisted feet thing is a real, you know, folklore spooky thing. So potentially like that is more scary. Like that concept is more scary. Um, than what they show in the film. But yeah, as it is, it's like not terrifying. Yeah, the sort of grounding of it is 
has a lot of potential, but the execution maybe wasn't quite there. It is wild to me that we both watched this film with somebody who is Indian. I, that's, I just think that's interesting. It's just a <laughs> small thing to do on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it seems like something that should be inclusive since I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I was actually um, curious, like, well, for one, I didn't honestly, like, at first time when I saw this, I was like, this is not going to be good. But also, he, he might, so I have to drag someone in. Um, but also, he <laughs> might have some insight that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a drag. But you're you're right, it wasn't terribly good. But I, I, I enjoyed the story. I thought the story was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the title, I think it just gave away too much too soon. Like the fact that mm-hmm. I saw her and I didn't know how she cre- she became this monster, but we already know the title of it. So then they tell you what the creature is. It's just too much exposition mm. far too soon. The exposition happens really while they're still in the flashback period. And Well, yeah, that is a very like Bollywood thing. The like massive flashback in the middle of the film. Like, mm-hmm. So that, I, I don't enjoy that, but I guess that is more like invocative of the style of or if you know if they were trying to go for that kind of well i liked i liked the flashback i just wish that it had given away less like i like this idea Mm. like ah kids and you know they're bonding and they're telling scary stories but i didn't like the combination between that knowing that the film is you know her name and knowing that this monster that they described is a creepy woman of the woods you know in the first few movie few moments you're like all right this little girl is going to become this creepy woman of the woods <laughs> and i just i feel like if i hadn't known so much and maybe even if there had been an aspect where you know you have other female characters other characters where they mm-hmm. could have been the person as opposed to you watching yeah, somebody she... else investigate and be wrong and you know the whole time that they're okay, wrong half, they're halfway just... through the film the the main character is, is talking to her about the demon woman or whatever, mm-hmm. or or like some someone killing, and she's like, "Why why a man? Why not a woman?" She like looks at him and it's like, Come <laughs> like on, she's man. giving you hints. Like the rest of us already know, yeah, and she's yeah. dropping them heavy for the the protagonist. And it's yeah, I I wish it gave away less. Um, I'm hoping that Evil Eye will be better. Um, in the same genre of. Indian horror, which you know we're also going to watch, oh. and I'm really excited about it, and would have watched it already. I think it comes out on the 13th, I think. Yeah, which is next yeah. week. I would, I would say, don't hold your breath because that's part of the four package that Blumhouse has re- released, and they're not particularly great so far. We won't get sidetracked into them too much, Dude, but gonna save maybe that. They save some <laughs> super low budget, straight to streaming. You know, and that's the thing I approach. That for me. I I like a lot of what Blumhouse has done. It's mm. just getting to the point where I think they might have a lot more misses than hits, but which is it unfortunate. Works, it works for them because they, you know, it's, it's cheap enough that they can just like just shoot shoot the ball. Oh, for sure. And sometimes that cheap necessity is the mother of invention can build good stuff. So I'm still open-minded to it because I know Quinnell's excited. But I am, and I I've, thought... I've been shot down a little bit here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that it'd be good. And I'm, I am appreciating, having already watched the trailer, um, the mm-hmm. suspense that is sort of built into it. I think the trailer still gave away too much 
maybe it is just mm-hmm. it really is like a a genre issue but mm-hmm. i do appreciate that as a part of the plot you already know that there is a character who isn't going to believe who isn't going to know and that the fear is going to come from you and you know a member of this this story trying to convince her and i i think that could be that could be good it could be suspenseful i agree I'm on board. Don't get me wrong. We're still going to talk about it. Um, But I don't know. Kind of connecting with the cheap thing and back to this movie, some of the effects weren't particularly great and sometimes were a little jarring. I'm surprised the color thing is the first thing that came up as a merit because honestly, like, it was... (laughs) It was, like, well done, because at first I was like, oh, did they, like, did they light this with, like, red gel or some LEDs or something really cool? But actually, I think they just, like, turned the red up, turned everything else down. And and after a certain point, it's like, can the characters see this? Because if I was seeing this shit, I would not be that chill. Like, it's so, it's so obvious. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, I... I think the thing that sort of is built in is that they live in a world where this is part of legend. And so they're kind of seeing it and they're like, oh, it's happening. And so it's something familiar to us. Obviously, we would be like, all right, time to go. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. more hanging also around. Also, for me, I feel like there's, I think the, the built in plot shift where, you know, she wakes up and she realizes what's happened to her and she sort of just breathes out all of that trauma and all the colors change that to me said that maybe the the characters could see it too that there was a shift in the entire community in this moment Mm. where this magic Mm. became possible i like that reading yeah i was more thinking of even sometimes buildings is is the parts that would look jarring where i'd like oh that's clearly either enhanced by some sort of cgi effect or is just a building that's not even there that it's entirely a green screen and sometimes like little bits of effects like things you don't even notice in movies where it's backgrounds and stuff can be kind of implemented seamlessly this every time i saw it it would take me out of the story that i do have some connection to but Mm. i I actually i made a really funny note um like five minutes into the film (laughs) five minutes into the film um i wish i had the timestamp um the little girl is like walking on the tree and her aunt comes where like grabs her by the ankle and like picks her up and it just it cuts this close shot and and she's holding the ankle and the other ankle just goes up like as if it's a doll because it's like completely rigid and she just like picks her up from the ankle (laughs) like a a cartoon or some shit and it it cuts away like it's it's really short but it's funny shit so so good so yeah Uh, a little bit a, a little bit cheap looking at you know so in conclusion if you want a low budget time that could be spooky enough if you turn off all the lights and decide that it's scary internally and you know watch it cuddled up eating popcorn that could be great but i i will say there were some sequences long shot sequences some of the music particularly in the most horrifying sequence not because of the horror but because of the violence like that was that was really drawn out and really affecting and kind of then informs the rest of the story. It was, it was a lot to sort of handle, but I think it was well done as, as weird as that sort of is to say, but yeah. I admit the traumatic the scenes are definitely the scariest parts and it's not because yeah. of like the fear. It's just, 
<laughs> stressful. <laughs> it's there, there disgusting some, and stressful. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it did kind of take it too far. But I mean, I understand why they would do something like that. And I kind of wish that was earlier in the film so it, it could start off like with something strong because it kind of, the plot takes a while to kick in. But yeah. yeah, some of the stuff in there is a little bit, it's like, okay, well, jeez. Yeah, it's Without it's sickening. There's a trigger warning. I'm giving y'all the trigger warning. Just it's yeah. Just know you're signing up for all sorts of violences. Um, the only thing I was gonna say then, other than that, was I thought the ending was a little anticlimactic, and I won't go too much into why that is. But it sort of was building to this thing, and in a sequence with a fire, it sort of is just like certain characters let the fire consume them and i was like wait what why and it then does kind of have a kicker at the end where that's put in a new context but i was like okay we're building to something there's gonna be this long drawn out sequence oh, okay it sort of just all burns and then we're done we're out yeah um i'm just gonna say i feel like i wish that they had which is weird because i feel like it was almost too central part of me is bothered by how much time was spent on these romances that didn't equate to anything but i guess i just wish that they'd had some sort of con- conclusion like what they were trying to do and i don't really understand what more, they were there, there for more, there was more romance than i thought was going to be in this film and yeah. i just wish they'd done something with it because it was so much time and then i was like okay so she just has a lot of tension with these two people and that's just how it is in the end and also that it feels like a giant bubble episode. It's so weird that they just live in this little town where it feels like no one, it's not even a town. It's just an estate that they're in charge of and they're kind of royalty and they have a lot of stuff, but no one else is there. You know what? I, I just noticed that just when you said that, it's literally like the house and like some forest, but it's like the same forest. Exactly. There's like a couple neighbors who all know them. They're all connected. And I mean, she's like, she's just a lord and there's just a bunch of serfs on her land. And whenever, even when they pan out to show you the location, it just feels weirdly, eerily secluded. And not in like a regular horror movie way, but more of a like, you know edge of the world where is anybody (laughs) yeah 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 that might again be a budgetary constraint where it's a lot easier to not have as many extras to have a more confined set i don't know again those are things you should not notice if you're locked into everything else but when you start to kind of notice and pick up on these things it peels away kind of the magic Mm -hmm. i still think i still think there's some interesting stuff in it but not quite not quite a perfect execution. Did you guys watch the sub or the dub? I watched the sub. Yeah, okay, same. I just realized we didn't talk How about come? that. Um, just because it's annoying when the mouth doesn't line up. It, it's just... Oh, yeah. And, and it is also annoying to, like, always be looking at the lower third of the screen because, like, my eyes are always automatically going to look, look there. But, yeah. I don't like the... The thing... The thing for me is that I tend to watch subtitles on a lot of different movies anyway, because I like to be able to read and retain the information that way. Yeah. What's weird to me is when Netflix auto defaults to a dub, yeah, because yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. in like five seconds, you're like, wait a minute, this is weird. And you're also not getting the acting. You're not getting the performance. You don't hear them vocally delivering the lines. You're hearing someone in a recording booth that did it after the filming was done that wasn't even there. 
that is just reading the lines. And they, they sometimes do okay and try their best, but especially in live action, it's it's never gonna work. Yeah. We we had done we had done an episode about Dark, which was the German show on Netflix, and it every time, time I would travel. like click back in, time travel, it would default back to it. And it was like, why it just is it's like goofy. Yeah. It it's very silly. I will say weird flex, but my Netflix knows me better than that. <laughs> I don't know why that keeps happening to you. But uh, not once has uh, have, I, has Netflix ever doubt. defaulted to a dub for me because I don't watch anything yeah. dubbed and I watch a lot I of foreign they, shows. They, they keep track of. I'm I'm a, like software engineer in the daytime. Um, the yeah, daytime? they keep track of like that kind of stuff. They they keep track of yeah. everything. They oh, absolutely, it it, it definitely. I think when I get. I've had to get a new Netflix account before. It's terrible. I hate it. I don't suggest it for anybody. And when I go back to watching my shows, it's dubbed. And then I change it, and then I never have to change it back. So, I mean, when I watch anime, it's subbed. When I'm watching foreign shows, it's subbed. So, that's. I guess I guess you just get used to that. And also, I watch regular television shows with the subtitles on. Um, I just, I think it's, it, you rob the actors of the tonality. And I get it that in yeah. in some way you could also lend merit to the voice actors who, you know, put in work to to record the dubs and whatnot. But it just it's not the same. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Most of the time, most of the stuff I watch like on a regular basis, or if I'm gonna watch something as it's airing, um, it'll usually be anime. And so obviously I watch that on. I mean that's a different thing. I I in live action like you know. If they're standing on something, it's going to sound like they're standing on something, right? Whereas in an anime, it's always going to be someone in a room. Um, but yeah, even in that case, I prefer hearing the Japanese voices. I think they just have, I don't know, I don't know if there's more range or something. But yeah. The only time it's kind of been good for me was with Your Name, where I thought they did a decent enough job kind of with both, mm. which I ended up watching, I think, with you, Quinnell, like, two years ago or something in the before times <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real the, bro, that's... <laughs> i'm like what did we watch <laughs> it was it was the body swapping romance yeah. highest grossing anime film from japan like of all time <laughs> i enjoyed it i didn't i didn't I think it was so forgettable no, evidently <laughs> Quinnell fell asleep. Oh. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I watched this with my girlfriend the first time, and she fell asleep. And I was like, oh. And we, we were watching this over like, um, there's like a program called Sync Play, so you can like watch it like over the internet. And she fell asleep, and I'm like, seriously, I'm just gonna hang up. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> the way I googled it, and my brain has refused to kick in about what <laughs> I'm gonna have watch it did we watch it together in like in person in the before times yeah oh, did i it's actually a, yeah. fall asleep i think oh. you might have <laughs> it's like oh you don't mean that i fell asleep like i was bored and disinterested you mean i literally fell asleep i do oh. think no. the, the star of the film is a bit slow like mm-hmm. it just has because it, it it's building and setting up yeah, yeah. It is, but like it's really good it's definitely worth it in the end you know it pays off all right, all right. I agree. You should watch it, Quinnell. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, beautiful film. Uh, I, I cry every yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know you're joking. I know you're serious. <laughs> it is the the meme worthy nature of the tone that really got me. I cry every time. All right. <laughs> mm. Have you seen um Weathering with You? Weather it's like the next one. I saw Weathering with You a while back. Is it yeah. Good? I don't know if you told us about that. Uh I didn't like it as much. It it had a lot of like striking visual sequences, which is like what was in many ways a standout from your name, but the storyline for me just didn't quite connect as much. It had a lot of the same magical realism, but almost almost was a little too quickly wrapped up at the end for me. Even though the visual way it wrapped up was great, I was a little less invested in the story, but I would still recommend it. Mm. Um, I think if people liked your name, they probably will like it. They just might not might not connect connect with it as much, and I think that's been kind of the case because I haven't seen anybody talking about it with sort of the same reverence yeah. that was for your name. But it was still good, like by no means bad. I just the bar was very high. I'm sorry you're excluded, Quinnell. <laughs> You want to then transition to, if it's okay with you, um, Alex, to talk a little bit about the, uh, what was it? The Bronx versus the Vampires or Vampires versus the Bronx? What is that about, Quinnell? Uh, the Vampires versus the Bronx is about gentrification. Let's be honest. That's what it's about. Um, That's the tea. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix. It's really cute. It's kind of, I would almost call it a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Uh, yeah, in the way that like Hocus Pocus and Don't Look Under the Bed are kids' movies. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really fun. It's about this little boy, I'm gonna, about Lil Mayor, um, who they call him that because he is, really cares about his neighborhood. That's really the whole, his whole thing is the whole town seems to know that he just really loves the Bronx and he's willing to go above and beyond in a way that seems characteristic of a politician and they call him Lil Mayor and it's about him and his friends trying to save the Bronx and all and at first they really are just trying to save it from gentrification they're trying to keep all the buildings from being bought out specifically this bodega that they've spent their childhood growing up in playing video games in watching movies in the guy who runs it is practically raised them and they just don't want that place to go under and get sold to these freaking vultures mm-hmm. well turns out the vultures are literal vampires and i which is mm-hmm. it's possibly a little on the nose but i dig oh, it yeah it absolutely <laughs> is but i actually also love it and more importantly there's this character you meet at the beginning um who spoiler alert she's a vampire but when you meet her, you don't know whether or not she's a vampire or just a regular nice white lady. <laughs> and I was really sucked in. I think more than anything in anything else in this film, that really stuck out to me. That the one character that you aren't sure whether or not she's a good guy or a bad guy is the worst guy of all. And isn't that always the case? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really, really love this movie. Um more than just the allegories i also appreciated so there's one kid in their little group um and you know he's the darkest kid he's the black in the neighborhood and the sort of neighborhood drug dealers keep trying to get him to join their little cohort he gets kicked out of school and it sort of seems like everything is pushing him in that direction there's this past and i just think it's crazy that everybody in this film tries to literally make him into a monster of one sort or another and my whole heart mm-hmm. just went out to him. I really, um, I really liked that he didn't have to give in to any of those things. But of all the characters, he definitely felt the most pressure to be something else. 
also that both the drug dealers and the cops are bad guys. Just saying. Um, a bit on the nose also. <laughs> but it's just you you can't you can't trust anybody really except, you know, those people who are your friends and your family and are really looking out for each other. So the the people that mm-hmm. you wanna run to, none of them are, are going to be able to save you. Can I ask you a question, Quinell? I was going to ask, because you had referenced a character's name, but I was picking up on other things as well. Did you get a vibe that it was sort of riffing on Do the Right Thing? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Um, Well, I all partially because it's... I don't know. I guess both of them in their own way are about right and wrong ways for communities to mix which is interesting yeah um and the right and wrong way to you know enter a community and to have a presence there when you're you're other you're going to be an outsider there so how do you do that in a way that is respectful and can you do that in a way that's respectful uh and you know new york movies so there's that (laughs) do you do you think i was gonna like go ahead do you think it answered the question? Like, I just I do think that's really interesting. I I do think it answered the question. I think that it, but I you think know, there was it a these, realistic take on that issue, or it is. But I think that there are these sort of dueling um, answers that come out of it, and part of it is that if you are, you know, they're willing to welcome this woman who's like a nice white lady. They're willing to welcome her into their community. She wants to be a part of things. She wants to be a part of saving the community and not just, you know, she is a gentrifier, but also not just giving way to all of these other people to come behind her, even if she's faking it. Before you know that, for sure, they are excited to have her there, as excited as they could be. They're a bit confused about her being a white lady in the Bronx, but they're like, all right, you're here to help. Sure. But at the end... There's also basically a, you know, there's a character who sort of breaks the fourth wall as a part of her development. And there's a moment where she's talking to the camera and she basically is like, gentrifiers leave the Bronx the fuck alone, (laughs) really. (laughs) So just very to the point. And I think that there are those two answers where it's like, if you want to come and you want to be a part of the community and you want to contribute, people are going to welcome you. But if you're not, (laughs) you're going to get the smoke. And that's just... So you see it a lot in London, like South London, um, and it's I honestly think it's like unavoidable to a point because kind of areas always get upcycled and like a lot of shit old areas turn into nice areas and then turn to shit areas again, and it just kind of it goes like that. So I think yeah, it, it it you have to kind of like account for it, but it needs to be done in the right way. It needs to be done like for the community that was there originally. I was going to ask, since you referenced kind of your neck of the woods, have you seen Attack the Block? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good film. I think, I think that this would make a good double feature with Attack the Block, Hell hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, that's a really good film, yeah. And it, it's nice to see, like, we do watch a lot of American films here. Obviously, like, that's where the majority of films come from. I, I'm not even sure if that's what it is or, you know, that's what's on in cinema. But um, it is refreshing to see like a uk film that feels like genuinely like a legitimate representation Mm -hmm. because they probably mostly feel like 
outsiders coming in trying to capture it but it feeling a little fake and sort of just broad of like yeah this thing this thing but mm, i wanted to not 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 real i i did want to bring that up since and you had you have had an english person on so far so i guess you have some stuff hopefully um but yeah like the, this, the portrayal of english people or england in general in most films is way off and it's it's kind of weird to see it's like a little bit strange like it's not you know it's just not authentic um but attack the block is it's a very real feels very grounded yeah yeah and i was gonna say the vampires versus the bronx it felt like a very grounded new york charming but still kind of snarky sometimes like have either of you seen uh the show Jesus and marrow no. oh god okay fine i'm gonna be weird it's a showtime show and it's it's really funny and i think got robbed for uh emmys for late night comedy but the guy who owns the bodega in this he's one half of that comedy duo and i thought he was pretty good and was kind of the charming uh guidance sort of role for the community he has them watch blade in order to train how to fight the vampires which we've <laughs> talked about on the show and i thought was perfect I, have. I was really happy <laughs> that i'd seen it because i hadn't seen it for so long before we decided to talk about it on the podcast and i really i was happy to be able to make the connections also there's a moment in um vampires versus the bronx where they finished up watching the watching blade to prepare and they sort of watch this scene where blade is like interrogating this cop and he you know is threatening him and telling him you know go back to to your vampires and tell them that i threatened you really and it just connects so seamlessly with this character and you think that he might be a vampire and he really he's just all the vampires little bitch and i just there was that moment and i was like oh oh great we're gonna have a little a little segue and i was really excited that that connected that well i really liked how the pieces fell into place for this movie i really did yeah and also i love was... the representation because that little Haitian girl knowing all the stuff about magic had my heart. <laughs> I just was so excited. I was like, oh, you get to see like West Indians and all these people working together. And I just, the coalition just brought me so much joy. Because that's what's great about it is towards the end, they, after not believing them, because that's kind of a staple of horror movies, is you have to convince someone of something fantastical and kind of unbelievable they all rally together and they're, a they're able to, to come together knows. and make She's it work. Like, mm, I'm Haitian. I don't know if you understand. Oh, yeah. I'm far better prepared for this mission than any of you. <laughs> I really love that for them. I was more thinking of everybody else around them because their parents frequently are very like, oh, you kids are just trying to make trouble. And they take some more convincing. And there's a funny comedic scene where they kind of poke fun at the you have to invite a vampire in where she's trying to get into their apartment and their mom's like, oh, like you, you brought them back and they're like, no. <laughs> and it almost seems like she's going to invite them and you're not sure whether or not she is, but you know that she ought not to. But I just feel like with every, in every scene that that is a conversation, they never sort of look to this person who seems to know things like when they're trying to convince the cops 
and nobody knows why it's showing up on camera and they're all just sort of laughing at them like oh you don't have any evidence and she's like well obviously not they're not on camera when they're in the bodega and they're trying to do all their studying and their training for this situation and she's like you guys should not be messing with things that you don't know anything about and I just liked that she was just there in the periphery of all these scenes and clearly she should have been more ingrained and then she got to be that was just I'm sorry I'm just gonna be warm and fuzzy about it it was a cute movie like it was genuinely kind of heartfelt and heartwarming even as it was a horror movie there's like a scene where someone gets lifted up by a vampire and i was like oh that was pretty good there's there's some edge to it it's not gonna be like i don't know as like widely loved i think it might be a little bit more of a hidden cult one i hate that for them i really want it to be like i, I want it to be a halloween movie like i want it to be oh absolutely but i want it to be like the disney movie halloween movies like hocus pocus of halloween town vampires versus the bronx that's what i want those are all very different <laughs> you're right but they all belong in this genre together uh, you know terrifying movies in which kids save the day and it's pretty great there without giving too much away the like baseball bat and the way that ends up coming in with the bike it felt very much an homage to like kind of a et but like a little more gritty and i was like whoa okay <laughs> you're making me want to watch it this it sounds good based off what you guys are saying especially if you know it, any children you should make them watch it with you yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't know any children uh. Well, the, the one thing I will say is that they kind of do that thing that I notice that happens in comedy movies a little bit because this is still a comedy but where they have to create sort of a forced conflict amongst the team where they get at each other's throats kind of over something little, it's not little. And just so that they can come back it was not little but it kind of ends up being exploded into this thing that then they are like you know they're going to fix it and come back together for that catharsis of them working it out. Mm. Why do you disagree with because me? Because I wasn't sure little? that they were going to fix it and I also don't think that it's it's small enough to count amongst these things because little okay. mayor is you know he's a good kid that's sort of his whole thing is that he wants to protect his neighborhood, he wants to do well in school and then he's got these two friends, one of them who's moved away and has, you know, anxiety, which I love that they didn't give him an inhaler because he's an inhaler kid without the inhaler. He's just anxious. <laughs> and then he has this other friend who has all this societal pressure to do other things. And Lemayer's kind of like, you know the right thing to do. Why don't you do it? And I like the conflict between those problems because I feel like that's really real for people to be like, I want to be able to have this have my own life and start a new life for myself and there's also this bad path that I could go down but it seems very promising and you know it's alluring and all of those things that I just don't feel like it was that little like I feel like it whether okay. or not there were vampires Lil Mayor was going to be mad that he was tangling himself up with this drug dealer and it was mm -hmm. just a very real life issue and it made sense for at the same time for him to abandon it that he had that moment where this guy's giving him a gun he's like you're gonna come out with us and you're gonna roll with us and he was like no actually the fuck i'm not i'm gonna leave this gun in the sink and i'm gonna crawl out of a window i love that <laughs> spoilers everywhere but i just I, I i don't think that that was small and i think that they gave the right amount of attention to that particular issue to highlight it not only as a plot point but also as a real social issue when you're talking about different kinds of monsters mm -hmm. 
do you have any other closing thoughts or alex do you have any questions for us as the person who hasn't seen <laughs> no, it i've spoiled everything but it's still good <laughs> yeah 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 no more spoilers i do want to say um someone mentioned trailers I, I can't remember who mentioned trailers earlier like i don't think this is even a hot take anymore but trailers kind of suck now like they just they are mm-hmm. way too long i don't know what the hell's going on uh, if there's one thing I could fix in the industry, it would be that. Uh, and probably, like, VFX artists getting paid, but mostly that. Do you think the trailer for, for this one was too long? No, I didn't see the trailer, but <laughs> probably. <laughs> Most likely, yeah, yeah. And it can sometimes ruin the best sort of jokes or gags because they want to get you in to see them, but then when you see it in person and it's not there... Mm. And doesn't have the same impact. That's that's a bummer. The other day I watched The Shining, and I, mm. me and my me and my girlfriend were like, let's watch The Shining. Yeah, I was like that. She was like, fuck no. But we put the trailer on and compared the trailer, you know, to something that came out this year or like recently. There's so much more mystery in that trailer, and obviously, like that's a cult classic and and everything else. But like, it's it, the trailer is just so much better, just on face value. Um. So yeah. I agree. It leaves a lot open to your imagination and yeah, fear. Yeah. And it's sometimes the things you don't see that are the most scary. And then when you finally get there, it's not like it's already been revealed to you. You get to experience it in person. Did you see, or Cornell, did you see the, the Doctor Sleep Shining sequel? Oh, Chase, I really hate to say this on the show that people are going to listen to, but I have not even seen The Shining. <laughs> That's okay. And my boyfriend is a big scaredy cat, so it would be a big a big ask to watch The Shining. Um, it's kind of long. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's like a slog. Uh, but I did not see the Doctor Sleep sequel because I intended to watch The Shining and then watch it, and neither of these things have happened. They're both very different, and it's okay. Everyone has gaps in in things they have or haven't seen. I don't um, think it is that scary. Like. No, it's kind of spooky, and it's like there, there's like stressy moments. I'm like, oh, stop! Ah, I don't want to. But then, <laughs> you know, aside from that, like, I'm not actually. You don't leave the film like, oh, I'm, I'm scared. You know. <laughs> All right. It's mostly about some of the striking imagery that really stands out and is memorable. Well, those are the things and I it's know about, about him. It. Yeah, and it's him unraveling. It's much more about his internal. Although he's a prick at the start. Falling apart. Oh, for lie. sure. He's a prick through all of yeah. it. He's he's pretty much an asshole from the beginning. And what's been interesting is uh, Stephen King is not a fan of that movie because yeah. Shelley Duvall's character is the main character of the book and is not really given a lot to do in the movie. Mm. She sort of just has to run and be scared, which is interesting because Jack Nicholson has done that with two movies. He did it also with um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where he ends up becoming the main character, whereas in the book, which I've been reading recently, Chief is the main character, and you see everything through his eyes. But instead, in the movie, it is that Chief is kind of a background character who does do some important stuff, but I don't know. It's just always interesting how like things get like adapted that. and changed. <laughs> I know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just not a good change, but I suppose... No, and it, it could have been done well, too. Mm. I think Jack Nixon just had more appeal, I guess, and, and that's why, because mm-hmm. you really have to sell tickets. Maybe, 
but I think it could have been balanced a little bit. And that's why I kind of liked the Dr. Sleep movie is because they go into the relationship between Danny and his mother a little bit more. I think the rest of it is a little bit weird because there's also like some weird Stephen King stuff where there's like, what's what's her name? It's Rose the Hat is the villain and that's her name and she's going around like sucking souls and it sort of felt like from an entirely different movie, but they were trying to make a sequel to the shining but also an adaptation of a stephen king novel that he wrote not liking the movie <laughs> the, the shining mm. but the reason i bring that up is because mike flanagan was the director of that and he by the time people are listening to this will have i think he's involved pretty heavily made the next season of the haunting of hill house except it's the haunting of bly manor have either of you seen the haunting of hill house because i would recommend that I Ooh, it it's is good. scary scary um that's honestly all of this sort of um, I decided that October was going to be our spooky month and that we were going to watch spooky things all month. And part of that was right. so that I could just create some training wheels for my boyfriend to watch scary <laughs> stuff because I want to watch season two of The Haunting of Hill House. And season nah, I can't one deal with was... like horror series because that's so long. That's so many hours. Mm. And not just that, yeah. The Haunting of Hill House really focuses in on really creepy, long monologues. Really, if you want to mm-hmm. find a monologue to do, like, an audition or something, The Haunting of Hill House is a great one. Just, there's monologuing everywhere. But it's truly, truly terrifying. And <laughs> you're right. It's a, yeah. It has you really at its and grips for so long that every moment is, you're just, you're already on edge the whole time. And I still remember the episode with the bent neck lady <laughs> and the ending of that the ending of that episode see i'm already freaking people out by saying what the name is it's gonna be scary but there's some interesting character stuff going on there's a really good sequence in the middle where they do a very like elongated one shot sequence where they're clear like cheats because they're moving from the old house to the current like funeral home that many of them are meeting in but they do a really good job of moving stuff around and like little little things that are really great and so i'm excited for the, the next one but if anyone hasn't, they should they should watch The Haunting of Hill House. It's going to be a little scary, but I think there's some interesting character stuff in it that makes it work. It's freaking terrifying. And I thought it was, like, genuinely... <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I'm a pussy. I'm not going to lie. Like, when it comes to, like, horror shit. I don't know. I, I've been watching I... Lovecraft Country. Um, Ooh, yeah. Which is, like... It's an okay... I, I really love... I love Lovecraft shit. Like, that... that angle of like uh mythology i guess mm-hmm. it's good stuff uh, and that's not that scary but that's probably like no as far as i'm i'm willing to go like i don't want to get much more scary than that <laughs> yeah we i was planning to have us maybe talk about that when that wrapped up in a couple weeks have you have you read the book that it was based I have on not, no. it's very different yeah, but i think it's very interesting especially if you like lovecraft stuff Mm. um i had gotten to talk to the author because he's from seattle area Mm. not too long ago and kind of his inspirations and and reasoning for a lot of things was interesting they've kind of cut out some of my favorite story elements from the book into the move into the show in the the book how because the film sorry the series is like kind of serialized but Mm -hmm. kind of yeah in the in the book it's that there's not as much as like the overarching plot it's like individual characters get their own like moments but they're still people you've known Mm. um 
the biggest change comes to like significant character deaths at the beginning that just fundamentally alter the course of things but for a show the pacing of it they had to create stakes mm. that kind of in a book you can kind of let play out more so some of them are necessary but we would we would love to have you back on if you want to discuss yeah, yeah, lovecraft yeah. country sounds cool um and yeah i've been keeping up to date with it so yeah yeah and it's a fun time i think it also has like a funny sense of humor at times too um which is which i kind of like as well it's not yeah. like campy but it it's a little bit more sometimes snarky about some things which is fun mm. yeah i enjoy it I, it doesn't feel because like a couple episodes then i was like okay they're gonna run out of stuff to do like it felt super inventive and mm -hmm. it's kept up that that inventiveness this whole time so mm -hmm. um i am really looking forward to like what one of the all these things somehow right somehow this is a little bit goofy like somehow everyone in this family is like been massively affected by magic but like they don't know about it they haven't connected up the dots yet so well, that's what's gonna happen at the end of the series obviously but whatever goes on there i think that'll be very interesting hopefully absolutely i'm trying to see when it actually ends i think it's coming up soon mm. there's like it might, two episodes, it might right? be that two episodes left i think so something like that um so maybe in a, in a couple of weeks we would love to have you back because it was mm. it was such a fun time thanks man yeah this the, has been great yeah, for sure. The only thing I was going to do, and then, Quinnell, if you have any sort of closing thoughts, I was going to do one movie recommendation that's coming out uh, when everyone is listening to this today. Um, and that's The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And I realize this is going to be a very strange description, but it is a werewolf movie that is very goofy and silly and a dark comedy. And I don't know if either of you saw the movie Thunder Road. But it's by this writer, director, and actor, Jim Cummings, who kind of plays a similar character, but he's very much treading new ground. But it's a silly kind of B-movie feel, but with like a very chaotic performance that he gives, which is kind of what he does. And I would highly recommend it. By the time everyone is listening to it, you can see it at drive-ins or on, on video on demand for anyone that's looking for one. And then I won't talk too much. It's called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And it's not... It's not going to be for everybody because it has a very strange edge to it. And I am aware of that. But I like that kind of chaotic disposition that it has to where he'll just be shouting at everyone. And like he gets in a fight with like the medical examiner. He's just like a wrecking ball of chaos. But I kind of like it. <laughs> and there's a werewolf in it, too. So it works. Um, on that note, Quinnell, do you have anything else you would like to share with the people before we before we go? Uh, no, that is all. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, thank you so much for joining us, um, Alex. And uh, hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, I am a new puppy mom. So, Yay! <laughs> all right. Alex, would you like to one more time say where people can find you and what you're doing? Yeah. Um, any music streaming service. <clears throat> you have to clear my throat for that. Um, Alex B. Dad, all social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Snapchat. MySpace. <laughs> no, sh I didn't get the MySpace deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know. Yeah, everything. Cool, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. This was this was a real blast. Um, everyone else, stay safe, stay healthy, and, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.